Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 186. Happy Monday, everybody. Today is February 27th, 2023. Boom, right there. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I did. I saw a lot of loved ones, family, friends, all that good stuff. Um, Had a great time. Uh, So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go for this week. It's going to be amazing. Uh, And I've been really excited about today's episode and bringing this guest on for a while. Uh, And the day has finally come. Um, If you're listening on Spotify and you're not following us yet, go ahead and follow us. Click that follow button. That'll really help us out. We really appreciate that. You guys are bringing the heat in the podcast department. We've seen a massive spike in listening hours with podcasts. So God bless you guys over there. We really appreciate you. We see you. We appreciate you. God bless you guys. All right. So like I said, very excited about today's guest. Very excited. Uh, She's got a pretty wild testimony and what God has done in her life. And I can't wait to have her share it with you all. So I'm not going to talk about it now, uh, but she's a prophetic voice. She's also the director of Rig Latam. I, I, she told me how to say it. I think I said it right. Latam stands for Latin America. I did know that. So, uh, but it's uh, focused on training Latin Americans in the prophetic and deliverance. It's amazing, amazing app. Um, so let's give it up for my guest today, Julie Lopez. Hey, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me here today, Jeff. Yeah. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you today. Yeah. So where where do you live specifically? So I moved to Colombia in South America almost eight months ago. Wow. I um, I moved from the UK. Okay. So I'm awesome. here now in South America. Yeah. Is your uh, is your husband from the UK? Yes, my husband is half British, half Chinese. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So, um, Julie, why don't you just take a second and just tell people a little bit about yourself? Obviously, you moved to Colombia um, from the UK. What are you doing in Colombia specifically? So I moved to Colombia, as I said, eight months ago. I moved with the intention of setting up something called Rig Latam. Rig Latam belongs to Rig Nation, which is uh, the founder is Tommy, Prophet Tommy Arayomi. So I'm moving here with a mission of raising 7,000 prophets prophets and apostles across Latin America. So we have a lot of work to do in, in, in here, which already we have started. We have already seen like a lot of people like coming together and we are training there we are equipping them in the prophetic we are teaching them how to prophesy we are also going to be starting deliverance because i believe that deliverance and the prophetic goes in hand mm-hmm. um so this is what i'm doing right now here in latin america and in the spanish community so awesome so we love our latin american believers if there's anybody from that region give it up in the live chat we'd love to see you guys it's so great just to see the nations coming together different platforms and stuff like that so and i was in missions for years so i love it i think it's so great um okay so julie you obviously are a spirit-filled believer now but you weren't always that way so what how you can just tell start telling people your background and what the lord took you from so I wasn't, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I would have loved to, but uh, unfortunately I was, I come from five generations of witches. So my mom, my grandmother, my great grandmother, 
my great 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 grandmother so as far as i know all of them were involved in the occultism so i am original originally here from colombia but i moved when i was really young to spain in spain i was raised until my dad died until i was like 19 20 and then i moved to the uk until eight months ago that i moved back here to wow. colombia but um yeah as i was saying like i was i was raised uh basically my 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 mom my grandmother all of them were involved in the occultism so i grew up basically just seeing them doing cleansings and rituals and things so all of this for me growing up it was normal so i never talk about this with anyone we never share it with anyone i never share it with my friends anyone even when i became christian i didn't share my testimony for i have been a christian now for i think 12 years i only started to share my testimony last year wow so, so that was like literally 10 11 years of me no talking about my background i only share about what happened to my dad that's mm. it but i never share where i came from what happened what did we do what why those things happened so it was like it was like i i wanted to block those memories like i yeah. didn't i feel ashamed of my background until my spiritual father one day during a life that we were doing i shared with him my testimony and he didn't even know <laughs> and from that moment I feel like the Lord has started to tell me, okay, now is the time for you to share your testimony, specifically because there are so many people that are Christians and they are involved in the occultism. So they don't know that doing certain things is bad. And okay. I also see, yeah. I also yeah. see as, as, as a Christian how people are Christian, but people don't understand let's say the power of the blood of Jesus. They don't understand that the blood is important for the initiation of covenants, how the spiritual realm works. So I feel like there is a need for people, not only Christian people, but even for everyone that's trying to look for spiritual experiences. Yeah. So I feel like this is part of, by sharing my testimony, like telling other people like, hey, this is what's happening in the spiritual realm. This is how to access the spiritual realm. This is why blood and sacrifice is important. And um, so, yes, yeah, so, um, so I grew up, uh, I was born here, as I was saying, and I just started to have like supernatural encounters since a really young age. Mm -hmm. At that point, no one like my mom or my great grandmother, they never told me like, hey, this is the spiritual realm. They didn't told me that when I was two or three years, I was little, but I started to experience like the spiritual realm. I started to have dreams since a really young age, dreams that I would dream and then they will happen straight away. That was what only two years. Wow. And then I started to be like really sensitive to the spiritual realm to the point that when I was, I think it was four or five, I had my first spiritual encounter with the enemy. And I didn't even know that that was the enemy. I didn't even know anything about tongues. I didn't even know anything about this. And my first experience was that I was sleeping with my mom. And I believe this demon came in the room and he was speaking in tongues. He was singing and he was speaking in tongues. I didn't understand anything, but I remember listening to his voice and feeling like fear. And suddenly the whole room, it just turned like heavy and dark. And he was all around the room, walking around, singing and speaking in tongues until he started to touch my legs. And I remember his hands were like 
boiling. I remember like like soup, like boiling water, but boiling wow. hands. And as he was touching me, I was paralyzed. I was like petrified. I was trying to call my mom, but I couldn't speak. I was like paralyzed in bed with only four or five years. And then after that, I think I passed out. I don't know what happened, but the next day when I wake up, my mom said that I almost lose my mind because I was saying Satan was here last night. The only thing that I knew was Satan, right? Wow. So I keep screaming like Satan was here last night. He touched my leg. He touched my legs. And then just right after that, as I was looking myself in the mirror on that day, next day, I saw fire coming out of my eyes. I thought that I was getting crazy. Yeah. I <laughs> Imagine you're four or five. No one ever told you like this. Yeah. Like, nothing. That's scary. Everything like, yeah. that for me was like, even all my family until today, they know Julie saw Satan. And um, so that was like kind of like my first strong encounter. I also had other encounters with angels where, for example, I had accidents and I believe that in different occasions. I believe that the angels were protecting my life. Wow. And, uh, you know, at the same time, I remember my aunt, she was, I believe she was the first Christian and she was taking me to church when I was that age. So I believe that what was happening to me was a fight between darkness and eventually light. You know, my great grandmother, my mom, like doing witchcraft, but then my aunt taking me to church every Sunday and consecrating me. <sighs> And now me going to Sunday school. And I realized this when I became Christian. And I was just asking God, like, why you never allow me to die? Like, I literally tried to kill myself like six times, six, seven, seven, seven times. Like, Whoa. taking pills, cutting my veins, like different things, accidents. And I always ask God, like, why you, like, why me? Why I never die? Why other people die? And why I didn't do it? And the Lord showed me. And he told me because your aunt consecrating you by taking you to the altar on Sunday. Man. So my aunt, without knowing, she was protecting my life. She yeah, was it was like combating against all the darkness that was yes, in your home. Yes, she was consecrating yeah. me. So I believe yeah. that's why also there was the fight with Man. darkness and light for my life. And then after that, I moved to Spain. Um, I moved there. And then in there, there was a season since, since I moved. But then when I was 12, it intensified again, all of this witchcraft stuff. My mom then had another friend coming. She was moving in white witchcraft because in witchcraft, there are like different colors, but everything is witchcraft. There's nothing good or nothing uh, uh, green or plants. Everything is witchcraft. Everything is, is, is bad because the spirit that's guiding the experience is not the Holy Spirit. So if it's not the Holy Spirit, then it's a familiar spirit. There's, right. there's demons that are guiding that experience, which is dangerous. So this woman, I remember she, I was 12. And when I was 12, my dreams again intensify again, like premonitions. And I was seeing things and I was declaring things that would become real. So I started to get scared. So then this witch came, the, she was my mom's friend. And, uh, and she looked at me and she told my mom, like, your daughter has a gift. And she started, like, for a lot of time, for a lot of years, she started to just, like, teach me and train me. But she was a white witch, so we didn't think it was anything dangerous or any, anything dark. So she told me, you know, the power of your words, how important it is for you to be careful with what you declare. Which is true. 
Yeah. That's like, really interesting. Yeah. Wow. So this is my point that even people in the occultism, they have so much revelation of all these things. And yeah. we are Christians. We say that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, but then we are cursing our children. So it just doesn't make sense how we say we are, but we live completely different of what we say we are. And mm. then, so coming from that, it made me realize how Christians are just blind. We just mm. literally are saying that we are something, but we are not showing what we are saying that we are, if yeah. that makes sense. And mm. then, so she started to teach me about the power of the words, about a, a thinking positive, attracting all of these things, nature. So all of these type of things, wow. pr protecting nature. And she started to teach me uh, to read white candles. Everything was some sort of like good, like good intentions and dreams. Because by that point, as I said, I was having a strong dreams. So she was teaching me about how to, how to control my dreams. Like if I have a dark dream, how do you turn your dream around? Oh, so, so like I, lucid, I think they call it like lucid dreaming. Where like yes. you like are aware of your yes. dream, you can control it. So, yeah. Yes. So I literally learned since 12 years old, 13, to control my dreams. Like wow. I knew that if I had this type of dream, either dream, I knew that I was dreaming and I would change it. I would change the outcome. And um, and then so all of that stuff happened with her. Then we changed cities. We moved to a different part of of Spain. My mom stopped talking to this woman, but then she met this other lady. But now this lady, she was moving in black witchcraft, which is control, manipulation, like death, like doing things to harm other people, wow. to kill other people, to okay. revenge on other people. So we met her the same thing. As soon as this woman saw me, she told my mom, your daughter has a gift. I need to train her. We need to do something. We need to consecrate her. So obviously my mom, like she didn't, she didn't know. So we did a ritual in the house. They dressed me with white clothes. So all of them were wearing white clothes. And we, they put me like in the center of this circle. And they just basically consecrated me to this principality, which is one of the Venezuelan powers, which is some sort of like sant Santeria. And wow. he became my spirit, my spirit guide. Wow. After that, I feel like in the spirit, I was so sensitive. I used to hear him, even smell him. He used to have a particular smell. And I used to just know when he was in the room, like breaking things or walking around. I knew he's my spirit guy. He's here. That's fine. When I used to. So this woman also told me uh, to read crystals, to heal with crystals. And I had like a bunch of crystals and tobacco readings and doing like other some other things for other people and, wow. and rituals and things like that. And then after that, what happened was that but there was like a few months that everything intensified. It was like my house was literally in darkness. There was a lot of issues in my house. I become, I believe, an alcoholic. I was drinking every single day, going to school, drinking. And because when I used to come from school, my parents, they weren't there they didn't realize. I was just vomiting before they used to come home and all fine. And they didn't know that I was actually drinking every single day that I was trying to commit suicide. And it was just the warfare in that house intensified to the point that my father was considering divorcing my mom. And he told me, and I told him, look, if you are going to leave, I'm going to live with you. I don't want to be here at home. The relationship with my mom, it, wasn't, it was never good. So I grew up with a lot of abuse too. 
So mm -hmm. I didn't have like a good relationship with my mom only at the time of doing those rituals or those type of things where we, we just come together in unity and do them. But then in the background, there was a lot of fight and a lot of crazy stuff, right? Yeah. So, so that happened. And I remember uh, just before my dad died, we did one ritual in the entrance of the house. We just sat with all the witches, with the main one, with my mom, myself, in the entrance of the house. And this, this main witch, she started to channel these spirits, which she said familiar spirits, but she was channeling these demons and my mom wanted to speak to her mom because her mom died when she was nine. So my mom, all her life, used to, my great-grandmother used to be the channel through which my grandmother, apparently it was the familiar spirit, used to possess my great-grandmother and talk to my mom. So my mom was, had always that, uh, that wound in her heart about her mother. So she would, she would basically, every time that she could, she would just speak, like try to bring her spirit, which is, I'm going to say that again, it's not her spirit. It was right. a demon. So this witch started to speak in a different language. So we were there in a circle, speaking in tongues, trying to access in the spiritual realm, trying to bring this spirit into this woman. And she started to be possessed and she started to speak. And we started to ask these demon questions. But then this demon turned around to my mom. And he said, someone in your house is going to die in one week. So me and my mom was looking at each other. My mom started to cry. And at that point, I was trying to commit suicide. I already went to hospital because I tried to have pills. Um, they uh, uh, they uh, cleansed my stomach. They managed my, my nine-year-old brother by that point found me, 10-year-old. He found me like, almost like dying and he called the ambulance and all of that. So thanks to him, oh. I believe I managed to survive that day. Yeah. But at that point, I was literally just cutting my veins, cutting my veins, trying to commit suicide. I was being tormented. And I believe what I was doing by that point, it was like, you know that the demons, they need blood, right? To gain power. And sometimes when you're involved in darkness, the enemy is going to ask you for something more. There's always more. There is never enough. And you know, with God, everything is free. Salvation is free. Yep. But with the enemy, is not. There has to be a transaction. So he gives you something, but in return, you have to give you something. Mm -hmm. And as the time goes past, it increases. The level of commitment of what these spirits and this demon ask you, it gets darker and darker until you see some people now committing suicide with drugs. Why? Because they couldn't take it. Wow. If not, they have to do rituals. They have to kill someone in their family. They have to do all of these huge concerts to kill people like this um this concert that happened, I think it was with Travis. Tra yeah, Travis. I was just talking to some people this weekend about that. Travis Scott, yeah. Yeah, and so all of that stuff, it was a ritual from beginning to end. And if yeah. you don't do it, you literally they start to torment you until you take your life. So I was at that point where in my house, there was so much darkness, spirit of suicide, death. And then, so when that spirit said that to my mom, I look at my mom and I said to my mom, I don't want to know because if it's me, I'm, I'm already trying to kill myself. Right, yeah. But I don't want to know if I'm going to die. So my mom started to cry and the demon started to ask her, do you want to know who it is? Do you want to know who it is? And I look at my mom and I said, no. And then my mom started to cry. We closed the session. And by that point, I was living with this witch because of issues that happened at home. So I just left home and I left to live with her. So as I was living with her, again, she was still doing her rituals, her things. 
she was showing me, teaching me. And after we did that, after one week, I remember on the 28th of September, 2008, at four in the morning, this witch received a call from my mom and she told me we have to go to your house quick, something happened. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. So we went there. It was already like sunrise, like 6 a.m. And my mom was outside the house with my little brother that was two years. And my mom was crying, 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 crying. And she couldn't speak. And I was like, what happened? Did my father left? Because he told me that he wanted to leave. So I thought I entered in the house. As soon as I entered, the atmosphere in that house was so heavy that I literally felt that a blanket was put on me. That was how heavy wow. the darkness, in, like, the portal that we opened in that house was huge. Yeah, yeah I've I felt that before too. And it's heavy. Yeah. It, like, it actually it feels is. like something you put something on you. literally entered into the atmosphere and you feel like, oh, what was that? Yeah. And then as I was walking through the house, it was like me trying to remove things in the spiritual realm to walk <laughs> through the house. And I went to my parents' room and the light was on. My father wasn't there. So I ran outside and my thought was my father left. My father left. He abandoned us. He left us. He left us. But then I felt to look close to the storage, which was next to the house. And the door was like open. So I pushed. And when I pushed, I saw my dad there. He hung himself. Oh, wow. He committed suicide. So when I saw him there, obviously, my reaction was desperation, yeah. crying. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't articulate what was happening. The uh, doctors came, police came. They gave me some pills because I, I was losing my mind. I, I don't remember what happened during those next days. And my mom recently told me that they found me like the next day in the same place where my father died trying to commit suicide. They found me there. I don't remember that. So I believe that the atmosphere in that house was so strong. We were having nightmares. We were having oh, like yeah. dreams with blood, with death. I was seeing my dad every single day passing by. And I thought that he was coming home. So imagine the atmosphere. I, we were losing our minds. Like I thought that my dad was coming home. I used, I saw these familiar spirits walking in and out of the house. I was wow. like, my father is here. My father is here. And then after I tried to commit suicide there, that was after like four days, my mom said, we need to leave this house. We need to leave. The, we cannot live in here. There's something in this house. And my mom realized that because of witchcraft, something was happening. So we packed. So she made the connection. She actually made the connection. Yes. Hey, the witchcraft, maybe not so good. And you know why? Also, because my mom used to have a best friend that was a witch here from Colombia for years. So she used to be the one that used to ask to project into our house. And she used to see the state of our house. And she could see if there was something dark or not. So when my when this black witch ap- appeared, the, the witch that was moving in black witchcraft, she called my mom and she told my mom, you need to be careful because there was someone around you that's not coming with good intentions. But mm. because witches are territorial, right? Territories, okay. cities, all of this stuff, okay. families. My mom thought that she was being jealous. So my mom said, stop talking to her. But this witch knew when my dad died, because as soon as my dad died, she called my mom. She called my mom and she told my mom, I know that your husband died. And my mom started to cry. My mom told her, like, yes, he committed suicide. All of this happened. And the woman told my mom, I tried to ask you project in your house to see what was happening. But there was someone in high rank 
and there was this huge darkness in your house and I couldn't go in. It wasn't my territory. I couldn't penetrate the house and see mm -hmm. how you guys were doing. But all I knew was that your house was covered in darkness by this cloth. And then she told my mom, this witch came with bad intention. She, she came with the intention of destroying your family, not only to train me in a different level, but to sacrifice my family. And then after that, when, she, when this woman told her that, that was when my mom's eyes opened and she realized oh, witchcraft is bad. Yeah. And she completely stopped talking to the woman that was moving in black witchcraft, removed her. We get out of that house after like four or five days, we run away, we pack a few things and we went to live with my aunt. And I remember my mom, she wasn't Christian, but she repented for witchcraft because she knew that witchcraft killed my father and my dad and that witchcraft destroyed our family. So I remember her just repenting for witchcraft and she grabbed the Bible and she made us read Psalm 91 and 23 for like a month, wow. every single night to the point that we learned Psalm from the top of our mind, mm. Psalm 91 and Psalm 23, every wow. single night we, we, we will just go through it and, and, and declare. We didn't, we didn't even know. We weren't Christians, right? Yeah. But I, I didn't repent for that because I didn't know that was bad. Now my heart became full of hate towards my mom, towards everyone, towards God, if God existed, everything. I was hating everyone, everything. I had so much anger, so everything. So I feel like everything came on me. I left my mom after one month. I was by that point 18. I left my mom and I, and I just went to live with someone that I was dating by that point, my boyfriend. So I left for a year. And throughout that year, I still tried to commit suicide. I was still doing witchcraft. I was drinking. After that year, I left. And then I came back to the city where my father died. And after one year, uh, so before that, I went to see my mom after that year, and my mom took me to a church that it was all about prophecy. But my mom thought that it was witchcraft because she thought like, why everyone is prophesying the, the same? This is witchcraft. So yeah. my mom left that church screaming, <laughs> you are doing witch. Like, she was so offended that I remember yeah. that was so embarrassing. <laughs> we left the church. Yeah. I love my mom, but I, something in me was like a seed was planted inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, oh, what is prophecy? Like, is it, is it something like prophecy? So I started, I came back to where my father died, to that city. And I was living there after one year. And I just started to ask someone, one of my friends, like, do you know a church? But I don't want a, a Catholic church because my family were Catholic and they were doing witchcraft. They were using some of the saints for witchcraft, some of the prayers for witchcraft. Is that common? Is that like, is that pretty common down in like it South is. America? And let me tell you something. Catholicism is linked to witchcraft. Behind every idol that they are worshiping, there is a demon. There is a principality. We actually did a whole study when we became Christian, me and my mom, about this. And we realized actually there's demons behind every religious saint in Catholicism. So that's why my thought was, I don't want to go to a Catholic church because I knew I come from that and I don't want that. So my friend found me in the next city, a church, but she didn't tell me what type of church, but no Catholic. So I went there a few days later and I was just excited. I was like so happy because... I think in my spirit, I knew that I was going to find some, something there. So I went there. I traveled all the way there. 
during the week, it was like 7 p.m., like 30 minutes from my city to the other city. I went there and I was walking there. And when I was entering into that room, I remember it wasn't huge. It wasn't a mega church. It didn't have like a hundred, a thousand people. It had, it, maybe it had like 20 people okay. maximum, like 15. Pretty small. Yeah, pretty pretty small. small church. Yeah. So when I entered there, the presence came straight away upon me. So I was holding it. I was like, and as I was walking in, the father of the house, the apostle of the house, my first spiritual father, he came in and without saying anything, he just hugged me and he said, welcome home, daughter. Oh. When he said that, I broke oh. and I started to cry, to cry. And I started yeah. to shake. So that was my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I was just there shaking on the floor, crying. And every single day that I went to the church, I had an encounter with the power of God and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I wasn't set free yet, but God was surrounded me with chains of love, as the mm-hmm. Bible says. So yeah. he literally surrounded me with those chains of love. I fall in love with him. I experienced something that I never experienced in my life. The shaking, the presence, the love, the grace. And then I realized, like, I want this. This is, this is something that I want for my life. And I started to look for preachers on Google. And, and I found out who Benningham was and the miracles. And then I went to another one, another one. And that's how I started to be fed until my mom moved to London a few months later. And she told me, why don't you move in here? You can study English, go to uni, like do something for your life because I wasn't doing anything in Spain. So I moved there. But then again, because my mom wasn't Christian, it was just darkness. So I entered again into darkness. I entered again into that depression state. This spirit guy was around harassing me. I will, he would break things in the, but now I, I had a fear now. Before for me, that was normal because I knew that he was my spirit guy. So I didn't have fear. But as I became Christian now, that for me was now dark. Yeah. So now it, it was like a bail. And now I knew there's something in the room is touching me. I'm not liking this. He's opening the drawer. The, I had fear. So again, I tried to commit suicide one more time. Wow. I cut my veins. I had a huge argument with my mom. There was a lot of fights there. And I tried to commit suicide again. And as I was on the floor bleeding, now I knew, away, I can't call upon the name of Jesus. So as I was there, I started to scream inside of me, like, Jesus, please help me, Jesus. And I started to call upon his name. And then a woman knocked at the door of the house. And there was this old Christian lady that entered in the house. And she became friends with my mom and she started to evangelize to my mom, to me. And she told me, hey, there is something for young people that you can go. So I started to go to this place, to this church. That was my my second church here in the UK. And I started there to be trained and to be equipped and to be set free and my, for these mentors. And I realized that throughout all my Christian life, God plays prophets to look after me and to men without me knowing with to mm-hmm. train me so now i had these witches kind of like guiding me teaching me different things in darkness and all of this stuff and then i became christian and god was literally placing each one of my you know mentors where my leaders were prophets that what that god was bringing into yeah. to train me and to send me free wow so that has some sort of like my testimony going (laughs) julie that's like hardcore uh okay so i have a bunch of questions (laughs) 
a lot. Okay, so the one that I was really curious about is when you when you were young and you had a demon come in or you were said Satan came in or you know whoever it was said that he was speaking in tongues and then you also referenced like witches when you were in that house before your dad died the witch was spe- doing black magic and speaking in tongues and i found that really interesting you said speaking in tongues so i i'll admit i've always been under the impression that getting the the gift of tongues is is a a gift from god are there two separate tongues? Is it the yes. language of the spirit? Like I, I really wanna want to make that clear. I want to yeah. make that clear. It was an angelic tongue. So yeah. I want to say this, and I always say this every time that I had the opportunity. The enemy copies absolutely everything. So I realized that when I became Christian, I realized that, wait a minute, I come from this and we were doing this, and then I'm Christian and people are doing this. So I was confused. That's why at first. I didn't want to speak in tongues because I didn't speak in tongues for nine years. Let me tell you that. I didn't want to because I thought, oh, I, I'm not sure about tongues. You're not you feeling know, right it about it. Like yeah. <laughs> it sounds because we were speaking in tongues in yeah, Dominic. I get that. So the first thing for me is that when I became Christian was like the differences and the similarities between witchcraft and Christianity. And mm-hmm. one of them was tongues. One of them, obviously, their tongues are demonic tongues. Our tongues are angelic tongues that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit gives us through the gift uh, of the Spirit, the gift of tongues. So that's what I realized. There's two di- different things. And not only mm-hmm. tongues, the enemy yeah. counterfeits absolutely everything. The enemy doesn't create the enemy copies. The yep. only one that has the power to create and give life is God. Come on. Now, Everything that you see from the enemy is going to be always is going to be counterfeit. Let me tell you something. What witches and all of these people do in terms of rituals, that's something that's called prophetic acts for me. When I became Christian, I realized that there's something that as Christians is called prophetic act, anointing oil. That's a prophetic act. What do you think is also the Holy Communion? That's another prophetic act. So when I became Christian, I realized, okay, this is similar. Now, the difference is the same thing. Who is guiding the experience? If you are doing a prophetic act, not guided by the Holy Spirit, let me tell you something, you are doing witchcraft. And I realized, you know, between the prophetic and witchcraft, there is this really thin line that you can be a Christian and be stepping into witchcraft without even knowing. Hmm. So this is why for me, deliverance is daily. I always say deliverance for me is daily. And it's because of that, because you might be doing witchcraft without you knowing. And witchcraft is not just doing some poisons and enchantments. It's not only that. It's control, it's manipulation. So there is a really thin line. So for me, deliverance is daily because every single day I'm I'm like, Lord, if I did something today that it wasn't guided by you, Holy Spirit, forgive me. Give me this sermon. Show me if I'm stepping into something that's not renewed. So every single day, especially people that come from darkness, we need to have that heart and that posture of like, Lord, deliverance is daily. Forgive me, Lord, every single night. So that's why for me, there is so many similarities and, and um, differences between the prophetic and, and, and witchcraft. And one of them is tongues. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit, actually, because I'm really, really, really intrigued by this, Julie. I, I, and I want you to educate people because you you mentioned that there's a, a very thin line. And I think you, even though, you know, 
the witch, the the whole history of witchcraft and black magic and all of that, not good. But how God has redeemed that within you is that now you have a lot more knowledge of how these things function than me or someone else. So, so educating people, hey, just to let you know, when you do this, this is what happens in the spirit. Now, this is the similarities between the, you know, God and how God operates and how the kingdom of darkness operates. And like you said, there are, you know, the enemy is always copying. He's always doing a counterfeit. Um, but I'm, I really want you to, to really dive into this, like talk about, you know, the whole, cause you said it, it can be very easy to slip into witchcraft and not know it. So I really want you to educate the people, me as well <laughs> on this. I'm really, really curious. So as I was saying before, for me, I found the similarities. One of, one of them was tongues. One of them was the prophetic acts and what they are doing. The other one was the blood and the sacrifice. So this is when I realized, wait, wait a minute. There is a, you know, there is a similarity between they are doing rituals with blood and sacrifices. And then we come here, I'm Christian, and then we have the blood of Jesus and he is the perfect sacrifice. So I was getting like, why look so similar? Mm. Why and how do we difference this? Like what, what, what is happening here? So then I realized and I just started to go deep into this. And then one of the differences that I found, and I always said that, is that for us, everything that we do is guided by the Holy Spirit. At least that's what we need to make sure that sure. we are doing, yeah. that we are being guided by the Holy Spirit. Yes. But <laughs> on the other side, they are not guided by the Holy Spirit. They have familiar guide. Let's call it demons. Let's yep. leave it simple. Demons are guiding everything that they are doing, but for us, is the Holy Spirit. So now I realize that all of these similarities and differences, all of these things is linked to covenants, to the blood, to accessing the spiritual realm. And then I just want to go really quick into explaining the spiritual realm and how the spiritual realm can be accessed to different means, but we only have one way, which is Jesus. And that is in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Mm -hmm. So he is saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. But I believe in here, he didn't say, I am the only way. He said, I am the way. So there might be other ways. And before some of you start to comment, I want us to go <laughs> to John, John 10, 1. John 10, 1 says, but all who climbs in another way, the same is a thief and a robber. So if you see here, it's talking about another way. So Jesus is the only way, but John 10, 1 is talking about other ways. So this means that there are other ways into the spirit. And to access the realm of the spirit, let me tell you what you need. You need blood. You mm. need a sacrifice. This is why we need to understand the power of the blood of Jesus and they sacrifice because witches and satanists have more revelation of the spiritual realm than some of us. They know that through a ritual, they know that through a blood sacrifice, they can access the realm of the spirit. Wow. But Jesus is the right way, but he is not the only way. And as John 10 what says, there are thieves and robbers coming into the spirit and they are climbing on another way. So they're basically, some of them are getting everything that was given to us through Jesus, 
through another way, through another sacrifice, through another way. This is why Satanists, they have to do sacrifices. Why do you think they have to kill people? Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Why do you think they need a blood? They need it because they gain power through the blood and they also to access the spiritual realm. They need that. And let me tell you something. And I want you to understand this. And is that the real way to make a covenant in the realm of the spirit is through blood. Okay. That's why we need the blood of Jesus. When you believe in the blood of Jesus and you accept Jesus, you are entering into a covenant with him through his blood. That's why in Levitical, Leviticus, I think Leviticus 17, 11 says that life is in the blood. And this is why marriage is so important and marriage is holy. Why? Because if you are having sex outside marriage and you are building, let me tell you something. When you are having sex for the first time, there is blood, Yeah. right? The mm -hmm. hymen of the woman breaks when there's intimacy and this produces blood. So you don't even realize that you're already making a covenant with someone that is not even going to be your husband. You are already having a covenant, a soul tie. So this is why it's also important to, you know, come to the marriage holy and wait for the perfect time because you're making a covenant with someone that is not even going to be your husband. Right. And also, this is why sexual immorality or sex is the main channel in which demonic spirit passes. It's the main one. Wow. This is why in Satanism, the rituals that they do, let me tell you that, some of them are about, let me tell you this like this, raping or the women raping children. Why? Because they know that they, through that intimacy, is, that's why they need virgins for the sacrifices. Why? Wow. Because the blood is the covenant, right? When, when they have sex, the hymen is broken. So there is a covenant there. And also because that is the main channel in which the demonic spirit starts to pass. So this is why the blood is so important for the initiation of covenants. And this is why in some rituals, they do all of these covenants, all of these rituals, all of these blood sacrifices. They don't only do that, they also eat their sacrifice and they drink the blood. And I want to explain that to you. But this is why Jesus was our perfect sacrifice. He gave his blood, but also his body. This is why during the Holy Communion, he said, this is my body and this is my blood. Yeah. I believe that the Holy Communion is so powerful when you are doing it with the revelation. When you understand what the blood means, the blood is life. The blood is the covenant that you are making with Jesus. And what he did in the cross for us, the blood that he, that he the blood and the, and the body that he sacrificed for you. So he was the perfect sacrifice. And you know, another thing that I want to explain in here is that for you to be able to live, right, something has to die. So if you are going to eat meat, you need to kill an animal for you to be able to live. Yeah, we so, saw that in the old covenant. The so old it covenant, is yeah. basically, it's the same as spiritual law in the realm of the spirit. For us to live in the spirit, something has to die. And who was the one that died for us? That was Jesus, mm -hmm. right? So something has to die in the spirit, in, in the spirit. So for us to be able to live in the spirit, something has to die. It is the same principle. 
We cannot live in the spirit without accepting the sacrifice of Jesus. This is why Jesus said, eat my body and drink my blood. Because without sacrifice, there is no transition. And this is the same thing, I'm coming back again to compare, the same thing that Satanists and witches do. What they do, when they are doing the rituals and they are doing the sacrifice, they eat their sacrifice and they drink the blood and eat the body of this sacrifice. Why? To access the spiritual realm and to get the power. So they understand that there has to be a sacrifice in order for them to access the spiritual realm and to gain power. So this is why we as Christians, we need to have the revelation of the sacrifice of Jesus to be able to live in the spirit. You, we need to live that we need to live a natural life and we need to understand that, listen, it's not about, and I don't want pe people to say like, oh, okay, now I'm coming to Jesus because I'm gonna be all powerful and I'm gonna have access to all, all of this. It's not about that because when you come to Jesus, the first encounter that, that I had was with, with his love, was with his grace. But now when you understand this, you realize that if you are living a natural life, it's because you haven't had the revelation of what Jesus did on the cross for you. Mm. So there are many Christians that are living a miserable life. And this is because they haven't had a revelation of what Jesus did on the cross for them. Because once you understand his sacrifice, you start to live in the spirit. You understand that the blood of Jesus covers you, that the blood of Jesus is powerful, that there's no other name than the name of Jesus, that there's no other blood than the blood of Jesus. And you understand it doesn't matter that other people are doing witchcraft. You have the blood of Jesus, which is enough, which is the perfect covenant. And the enemy, he might have power. But let me tell you something. The enemy doesn't have any authority. And we have been given the authority and the power through Jesus Christ. So this is why we need to start living a life that actually that reflects Jesus. A life mm -hmm. understanding the blood of Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, the covenant and for us, that we have access to his voice, that we have access to the spiritual realm through the blood of Jesus and how darkness is literally copying everything. You can access the spiritual realm through other means, through Hinduism, through witchcraft, through Satanism, through all of this. They also do rituals. They kill cows. They kill animals, right? And they get access through that yeah. blood, through that spiritual realm. But we don't need that. We have Jesus and Jesus is enough. Yeah. Wow. That's clear. <laughs> no, that's great. So another way that people partner with uh, can slip into witchcraft. You mentioned earlier about words and the things that we say, right? You were saying, you know, you, you, you profess to be a Christian, but then you curse your kids. So talk about that. So the power, the Bible said that the power is in the tongue, right? That we, whether speak life or we speak death. So this is why we need to be careful the things that we are declaring, especially over our children. Why? Because there is authority. So the spiritual realm, they also have ranks. They have authorities. Let me tell you this testimony really quick. And this mm -hmm. is related with authority okay. and understanding ranks. And this yeah. is when I became Christian. No, when I became Christian, no. I was Christian already. I met my husband. I wasn't married. I got pregnant. He didn't know my background. As I said, I never shared with anyone about my background, like what happened, nothing. And when I was pregnant, one day he came, he came to me and he told me I had a dream. He wasn't a Christian. He didn't believe in dreams. He didn't believe in any of this. And he came one day and he told me I had a dream 
And in the dream I saw, it looks like an indigenous Aboriginal man asking for permission to come to you. When he told me those words, the spirit guide that I had, he used to dress like, a, like an Aboriginal, like an indigenous, uh, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And when he told me that, my eyes, I was like <sighs> petrified, like, oh my days, is this someone still around? Is he asking for permission? So now he became my head. He became my, my head and he was asking for permission. So I explained to my husband my whole story about witchcraft, what happened to my dad, what we did with this spirit guy, the consecration, the ritual. And I told my mom, because my mom at that point, she was Christian now, and she was moving in deliverance. So she was doing deliverance. She was starting in her life doing deliverance to be set free. So I told her, hey, I think this demon is around. He's still, he's asking my husband for permission. So he's clearly looking for an open door, for a legal right to come to my life. And I was pregnant and I was like, I don't want my baby to, you know, to be, to have this demon around. So we repented. We went through deliverance. That's when I had my first deliverance from witchcraft, repented, did deliverance, broke the covenants, broke the legal rights. And then for the second time, this demon came again in a dream to my husband asking for permission. But this time my husband knew. So my husband said, you don't have any legal right. You cannot take her. So the demon left and never again he appeared. Never again I felt him. Nothing. It was like the covenant was broken and he vanished completely from my life. life. So with this, I want to say about the ranks and about how the spiritual realm, let me tell you, they are so organized. They understand ranks. They understand positions and even demons. There's a strong man and there are minions. The strong man control the minions and control the demons. This is why when we are doing deliverance, I believe we should come against the strong man and against the minions. Because even if we cast out the minions, the strong man has still the legal right. Yeah. And the minions might live, but the strong man is still going to be there. So that's why us as Christians, when I became Christian, then I realized there is no um, authority, no authority. There is no ranks in church. I saw a lot of competition a lot of envy, a lot of jealousy. And then I realized the church is broken. And then through a dream that the Holy Spirit gave me to, I realized the church is divided. So until we don't come again like one, understanding that each one of us has a part in the body, we are going to be unstoppable and unbreakable in Jesus Christ. But because Mm -hmm. there's so much division, now this is why the enemy is advancing. But I believe that the Lord is reversing that he's releasing a new outpouring of his spirit and we've seen our revival we've seen now all of these amazing things that the lord is doing but coming back again to the ranks so they understand also the power of the words the power of like hey you can curse literally someone declare death over someone's life and declare you are going to die in these days and they die because they had so much revelation of what the words mean that they know by releasing just simple words they are going to create an impact in the spiritual realm. So this uh-huh. is why even us, as prophetic people, we need to be careful the things that we are speaking. We need to be careful even with our children. And I was saying before about the ranks, fathers, parents, we have a certain authority over our children, right? We are the head. The husband is the head. The wife is the second. But us as parents, we are covering our children. So if all we are doing is cursing our children and declaring this, this type of words, then they grow up. And they literally become what you have been declaring all their life. 
So mm. this is why not only like that, even for nations, governments, presidents, where they are right there releasing those wars into the atmosphere, into the nation, into the city, that's also the enemies grab those wars and they manifest those wars in the natural realm. Because remember, before it happens in the natural realm, it happens in the spirit. This is why prophetic people, God will give you warnings of something that hasn't happened yet that is about to happen in the natural, but he's showing you what's happening in the spirit so you can come against that and stop yeah. that in the natural realm. Mm. So that's some sort of like how it works. I hope that. Yeah. And I just think that that's why it's so important to, to speak life over people and not, and I think like, I have a question about, um, you know, cause there are certain, um, like areas within the body of Christ, certain denominations or churches that don't, they don't believe in the spirit realm. Like they're not, you know, they're like, there's no gifts. There's no, none of that. Do you feel like that's just another way that the enemy has disarmed the body of Christ because they're not moving in their proper authority? There, as a matter of fact, they're saying that's not real. Uh, it doesn't happen anymore. I believe it happened during a certain time. It doesn't happen anymore. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. And, and the, the, the thought of there's no prophets, there's no Holy Spirit, right. there is no power, there's right. no apostles anymore. Yeah. Of course, the enemy is going to make you think that because he knows. If you know who you are in Christ, if you know your authority, if you know the power of the blood of Jesus, if you know that what you carry inside of you is kingdom, he's going to be destroyed. He knows that. He knows that his time is coming. He knows what his end is. But what he tries to do with the church is blind them, is yep. stop them. So at right. least he can move freely not only throughout in families, but nations. Because let me tell you something, the prophetic and all of this is all about nations. It is start in nations. So if we have a church that is a sleeping, that's dead, that's lazy in the spiritual realm, he knows, I, I don't, I'm not fighting that. We see witches in churches. We see Satanists in churches. And we don't even know. So that gives you like an example of how some Christians are so sleep in the spiritual realm that they cannot even discern if the person that they have next to them is a witch or not. Mm. So that's why we, this is, this is what I speak about, about this. I feel fire inside of me because I want to see the church of Jesus awaken. I want to wow. see the church of Jesus doing what we're supposed yeah. to be doing. I want to see them moving in healing, in miracles, in powers, not only in four walls of the church, but everywhere. In the government, if you have been called to the government, that is your place. If you have been called to the education system, that is your place. If you have been called to the family, that is your area, that is your mountain. So wherever you have been called to, even if you have been called to be a prophet, an apostle, it doesn't matter. But the place where you are right now, that is your place of influence. You should be releasing God's power in that place and occupying and taking over wow. that place. Yeah. Wow. Man. Um, okay. So my um, producer, she sent me a, uh, there's been a lot of talk on social media about um, from non-Christians about manifesting. I'm going to manifest money or I'm going to manifest my, uh, you know, my desires. Um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, but also are there Christians that do that as well and don't realize it? 
oh my days i have so many people emailing me saying like hey julie if i manifest this as a christian i must have been into witchcraft and i'm like 100 why yeah let me tell you remember the enemy copies everything mm-hmm. we have something that is the declaration of the word of god we declare it by faith by you of declaring something that's out of god's word you are stepping into new age just stepping into witchcraft right everything that they declare they believe i'm not talking about christians i'm talking about people that manifest people in the new age people in the occultism we used to believe that you just sit in there you meditate and you start to declare all of these things that you want and you start to basically by faith saying what you want to see which is basically as christian having faith that you need to see things as if they haven't as if they happen right what the bible says so when they're doing those things, they are literally believing that all of these manifestations, declaring those words, they are going to co- go to the universe and have some sort of impact and come back to, it, to them and manifest. Now, if you are a Christian and you are doing that, where are you pu- putting your trust? Hmm. You're not trusting the Holy Spirit. You're not trusting God. You're just literally manifesting something and hoping that it's going to touch something in the universe and it's going to come to you. But now, how do we do this as christians remember that everything is counterfeit everything is copies there is similarities now as christians how do we do this with the word of god this is why it says meditate in the word of god day and night so this is why you grab the bible and you start to declare the word of god who you are in christ that if you are for example going through financial issues the Bible said that my God is the owner of the silver and the gold. And you start declaring that. My God says that I am the head and not the tail. Those are declarations. That's not manifestation. You are literally declaring and reading what the Lord is telling you, what you are, the, what, what the Bible is saying. So that's what we as Christians, what we should be doing. We shouldn't be manifesting. We should be declaring and meditating in the word of God and declaring the opposite of what you see in your life through the word of God. So yeah, that's some sort okay. of like how I try to explain to people. So yes, if you're manifesting, let me tell you something, you're doing witchcraft, you need to repent for that straight away yeah. if, if you are a Christian. Yeah, because I've seen, I'm glad you said that about the word and just standing on the word. Because, you know, I was, I was quoted Isaiah 55, 11 says that God's word will go out and fulfill the purpose for which he intended it to. So those are things we can actually stand on. So Really glad you hit on that because I think sometimes there can be this fear that comes in because it's like, well, that's manifesting. And so then you're like, oh, but I don't want to manifest it. I don't want to. So then I've seen some people completely steer away from even just standing on God's promises. Um, but I've also seen Christian manifestation. And so a good example of this would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, Julie, is I've seen some people where they go, Say they're praying for a job or they're wanting a job and they'll just say, this is my job in Jesus name. This is my job. Um, and, you know, as they're searching for for jobs and then it doesn't happen, that ends up not being the job that that they got. So the next job opportunity comes up. This is my job in Jesus name. This is my job. And so that to me, it looks like it's less, it's almost like you're trying to twist God's arm to be like, this is mine. And I'm saying the magic word and that's Jesus. And, you know, and the same thing happened with people that want a husband or a wife. <laughs> Let me tell you that. That's control. That's witchcraft, right? So what I do is that God, it feeds your will. 
God, if yeah. this job is your will, Father, let it be done. I agree. If it's not, Father, remove it. But kind of like, as you said, trying to twist God's arm to yeah. get our uncle, outcome, that's yeah. witchcraft. Yeah. That's something that we need to prevent. Yeah, that's not good. Really. Yeah. So if anybody's in, has found themselves doing that or they've done it, what would the appropriate thing would be repentance is there anything repentance. else uh, renouncing any agreements that came into oh. like-, like what you're hearing help us continue to make elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible to get behind this ministry visit elijahfire.com give now back to the show what i normally tell people are three things repent renounce and command the spirit to live so you okay. repent but this is why i'm telling you again deliverance is daily <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm gonna keep saying that because as christians look even this thing the bible said my people perish perish because of lack of knowledge you can be doing something out of your lack of knowledge that mm. it could be impacting yeah, your life stepping into witchcraft and which could bring so many things that you don't even know so that's why every single day, Holy Spirit, there's something in the Holy Spirit shows you something. You go straight away. Oh, Father, forgive me. Please, I did this. I didn't know. Give me discernment next time. Father, I renounce everything that entered because of this thing that I just say. And I just command every spirit that was attached to this to live now in Jesus' name. And then you close the door and you move on. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really, really important. Um, okay, so I just want to look through my notes really quick. Um, so you kind of answered this earlier, but I've seen from people who were in new age and then they became, you know, Christians and then they ended up, um, you know, following the Lord. I've seen it from ex witches. I've seen it from all these different places where there was a hesitancy to do anything in the spirit or, or to, there, there was like this discomfort because that was an area that they used to do a lot of harm in. And then now they're, so what was that process like for you walking that out? I mean, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about it because I'm just curious because yeah. I would imagine having seen the things you'd seen, experiencing the things you experienced, was it a mixture of like joy and actually seeing like the true, the, the real thing versus the counterfeit from the years but then also being like, I don't know, because you mentioned the tongue. Yeah, thing. you know, actually, that that you mentioned it, I just, I just realized a few years ago. So when I became Christian, as I, as I said, it was the power of God, the love of God, the grace of God. Yeah. So for me, I entered into this covenant and relationship with the Holy Spirit, amazing time with the Holy Spirit. I feel like that was the first thing that God wanted to build me up before me because remember when i became christian i knew demons i knew darkness well as soon as i became christian i remember i grabbed i grabbed a demonology book and i was like i'm gonna learn everything about these demons i'm gonna i'm gonna i was so angry i was like mm -hmm. they killed my dad and i started to learn about demons and the holy spirit so i hear him so clearly saying he said julie close that book now wow and I was like, I didn't understand why. So I just obey. I closed the book and I just entered into a time of relationship with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Nothing else, nothing more, just intimacy with him, learning to hear his voice, learning to worship. So I think that's why God kind of like protected me because I also felt when I became Christian that I was losing my power. Remember before I kind of like had control of, my life yeah, and this is like when i'm, when I'm sure. helping other witches to come out of darkness 
and they are desperate and they call me, Julie, I just feel like I'm losing my power. I want God, but I feel like I'm losing my power. And I, and I, and I felt I felt like before you had so much control that you don't like this. You go, you do a ritual, you fix it. Wow. You want that person to like you. You go and do it. You want money. You go and do this ritual to get money. So it was like you control everything. Right. So now coming into God, you realize that you don't have the power anymore. It's not about you. you. Cannot, yeah. Yes. You cannot control anything anymore. And you just need to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit. So this is why I believe that God protected me in this way of like, no, no, no. You are losing your power. Yes. But now you need to learn to rely in my Holy Spirit. Wow. So that's when I entered into the process of just pure worship learning about the Holy Spirit, learning to hear his voice, learning to know when he was speaking to me in dreams and visions. And after that, that happened 10 years later, he told me, I could hear his voice clearly at four in the morning. I even wrote it down with the day. He told me so clearly, Julie, you are ready to go to war. And that was when I entered into now spiritual warfare, deliverance, when he started all of these downloads now, it's starting to come from heaven, the similarities, the, all of these things that I realized, wow, all of this was like hiding from me for a season. Wow. But now that I'm ready, that I have cultivated the relationship with the Holy Spirit, now all of this is here for me to now go and equip other people and to oh, teach other it. people. So I believe that people that come in now from the occultism, I say to them, my first advice to you is to learn to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Mm, that's good. To learn to become one with Him, to rely on Him, because everyone is going that come from that. They say, "I'm losing my power. I don't have authority. I don't have power. I don't have nothing." But you are not losing. You are gaining. You're mm. gaining everything because when you learn to hear the Holy Spirit, when you learn that He's your everything, when you learn that you need Him as the air that you breathe, you realize that you're not losing, you're gaining. Mm. And that's when you can access the spiritual realm guided by Him, when He will tell you, do this, or anoint your house, or do this prophetic act, or call this person, or preach this, or prophesy to this person, or this, go to the store and do this thing specifically because someone is about to commit suicide. Those specific things, now, now you realize, wow, this is, it was never about me, it was mm. about Jesus. Wow. So when you go into like a dark place, because, you know, we're kind of entering into a time where darkness is getting very clear and pronounced, you know, we're seeing it out in the open in media and in movies now and the government and everything. Um, but also the light is, is light, you know, so you're getting these very clear defined camps now of light and dark. So if you go into a place that you actually feel is very dark, what, it, what would be an appropriate thing to do when entering into there? Because everybody can relate to that. You go in somewhere and you're like, Oh, it is heavy in here. Or like, Oh man, I just feel anger in the air. Or I feel sadness and depression. What would be an appropriate thing to do in an environment like that? You know, that's something that the Lord has taught me or is still teaching me to control because coming from where I come from, I grew up being so sensitive to atmospheres and to okay. people. Yeah. And literally people would drain me if they have like all of this stuff around me. So mm -hmm. I learned now that I became a Christian, I, I, I learned to when I entered into an atmosphere, First of all, like know 
criticizing or judging people because some people we see that we enter into an atmosphere that's darkness and we are going to point out straight away to the past of this person that the Jezebel spirit is here because that happened to me. It's Jezebel is here. And, you know, and I entered into a process of like learning to that, you know, that we come against the spirit, but not against the person and also right. to be wise as to what are we sensing around us, right? So when I entered into that atmosphere, obviously I know what I carry. We are kingdom changers. We can change atmospheres. So you, what you carry, you can actually stand in there and change the atmosphere. But another thing that I always tell to people, and this is part of a spiritual warfare, you cannot go to a warfare that the Lord hasn't told you to go and fight. And this is what happened to the people of Israel when they used to go to a war that the Lord didn't tell you to go, they used to lose. The people used to go in captivity. They used to get like people dying and all of that. So I always tell people, before you go and command that all of the atmosphere in that city to live is that your calling is the lord calling you to go into the atmosphere and if you are entering into the atmosphere and the lord is telling you to do it go for it because you're carrying god's kingdom but i also believe in order and i also believe in rankings and i believe that you know that the lord commissioned and anointed certain people to do certain works right it's like everyone has their own you know, we are the body and the body has different functions. So that's how I see it. So before you enter into a spiritual warfare, have you been called for that? Is the Lord, do you have open portals in your life? What do I mean by that? Because see, we cannot send to warfare an injured soldier. Yeah. You don't see, you know, in the army. Remember, everything that happens in the natural is a manifestation of what is happening in the spirit. So I see now the army here in the natural realm, right? They prepare before they go to war. They train, even the diet is healthy. They don't send injured people to war. Why? Because they know that they are going to be an easy target for the enemy. They know that the enemy is going to see who is injured, who is bleeding, and go and take them straight away. So this is why for me, I I tell people, and even the church, be careful with sending people to warfare because you might suffer from con- for, con- for counterattacks. Yeah, be, and I believe this is why God t- t- told me for a season, hey, prepare yourself, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, learn t- because everything flows from the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Learn intimacy, learn this, go through deliverance. I went through, even right now, as I'm speaking to you, I'm still going through deliverance and I'm not ashamed of saying it. That's why I say deliverance is daily. Every single day, Father showed me there's iniquity, the generational courses. What is it? Is that does the enemy has any legal right in my life? Did I did something that every single day? And then this is why I believe the Lord told me now you are ready to war because He took me through that through that process. I'm not saying that the process is the same for everyone because the Lord moves the way that He wants to move. Yep. But I also believe that the same way that in the natural realm we have rankings, we have order and organization. I believe that in the spiritual realm is the is the is the same. So when you enter into the atmosphere, is the Lord calling you to the atmosphere? If he's calling you, just go for it, declare the blood of Jesus. And you are an agent that change atmosphere because you carry kingdom. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. So wherever you go, you go, you are taking kingdom inside of you and you are establishing kingdom and the rules of the kingdom of the embassy apply to the area where you are, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's um Yeah, so do you do you find because of your your background do you find that you're a lot more aware uh just 
maybe feeling because you said you're really sensitive to spiritual atmospheres. Um, do you find yourself being aware of the tension happening within the spirit between light and dark? Can you feel that when you go into places? Yeah, and I say, as, as I said, that's something that you know the Lord taught me how to control and how mm. to be careful with the things that I was seeing and that I was speaking. So now when I send something or I see something, now I'm cautious and now I try to keep it for myself. And then the Holy Spirit, if you put this in me to share it or if I have to pray or whatever I have to do. So that's something that that's a gift that I believe that the Lord gave me. And it's like spirit, like sensing darkness in a mm. place, literally. And you know what? I remember, let me tell you this quick. This is a funny story. I remember one day, I went to Spain to visit my aunt and my aunt had at that point two daughters that they were really young. One was, was a baby and the other one was like five years old, right? But my, when we went there, I didn't know this, but my aunt told my mom, my young, my oldest one, which was five, she's talking to someone called that is a little boy. We are scared because in the middle of, of the night, she's waking up, she's crying. And we are scared. We don't know what to do. My mom told my aunt, okay, let's put Julie in the room to sleep and see what happens. I didn't know. They literally, my mom told me, oh, do you want to sleep in the room? And I said, okay, that's fine. I went to sleep in the room. <laughs> I didn't know anything about anything. Listen, all night, I literally saw darkness in the room. I couldn't sleep. I saw all of these spirits, all of these demons. It was so strong that I wake up next day exhausted. And I told them, there's something in the room. I don't know what it is, but I don't want to sleep in there. And I wake up and I was all my neck was a scratch. Whoa. And then when my mom looked at my aunt, she laughed and she said, see, told you. So now they knew that my mom, now she was Christian. She was moving in deliverance, took us all out of the house. And she started to cleanse the house from those demonic activities and anointing the house and all of that. And from that moment, my, my aunt's daughter, she never again had any nightmares any experience so that's how like sensitive that that would put me in a place to see if something happened there or not and that for me yeah. is like, i kind of really that's know. wild so i know that there are some parents who maybe they have older kids like kids that are teenagers and maybe some of them might be rebellious and are bringing things into the house and these parents are very you know feeling it in the spirit um Obviously, you mentioned a ranking system, you know, even within a household, you've got a father, you've got a mother, those parents are over their children. So what would your, your advice be to parents that may be in that situation where they have kids who are maybe they're partying or they're messing around with tarot cards, or they're messing around with other things and, you know, uh, bringing it into the house? So for me, if it's something related with witchcraft, I'm radical. I'm sorry. I always said this. I said <laughs> this. My house is holy ground yeah. to the point that I don't allow anyone in my in my house to come with shoes. The same thing that Moses did when the Lord told him, "This is holy ground. Remove your shoes." I tell people, "My house is holy ground. Please don't come with shoes in my house." And I treat my house as holy ground. So, mm. if I my advice for these people is, if you have children that are involved in witchcraft, you throw that right away I, I don't even i don't even that i will just throw all of those things <laughs> burn you straight away and tell them you are not bringing witchcraft 
in the Lord's house. Because look at what happened to is it Eli and the children. He was oh, allowing yeah. them to do something in the temple yeah. of God that was yeah. holy and it was holy ground. And what happened? Die. Died. So this is why yeah. we need to be careful. Like, of course, there are other things that you can do as like, you know, praying. I, I went through a season, as I said, that my husband wasn't Christian, right? And I told God, I'm going to divorce him because he's not Christian. I'm not going to fight. The Lord told me, no, you're going to fight and I'm going to teach you how to fight. And that's when I started to get the anointing oil, praying over his pillow every night, grabbing his shoes. Father, he's going to walk in righteousness. He's going to walk in light and just declare the word. Why did you have the word of God? So you grab the word of God, right? You get anointing oil and you go right there and you start praying for your children, room for their pillows. Get your husband also because he's the head of authority. Pray for, for their pillows. Pray for, for their shoes. And start asking the Lord that the, that the Holy Spirit is going to give them that revelation mm-hmm. that the things that they are bringing in the house is wrong. But so if it's something that you have to remove, remove it. Remove it because you are opening a portal in your house. And as parents, the responsibility falls on us. We are going to be responsible for our children's soul. So before any of that happens, it's better for us to be a strict. You remove those things, and of course, in the back, you are praying, you are interceding, you are anointing them, you are declaring, Father, open their eyes of the understanding, Father, let them see the light. And my, by me doing that, my husband started to have encounters with God, to the point that he hear the audible voice of God, and the fact that we moved all the way from the UK to Colombia, it was an instruction of the Lord to him, telling him, wow. support her, support her. That's so cool. why we are here today. Amazing. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you out of my testimony. I'm not telling you because I read it in a book. I'm telling you out of experience and out of me yeah, putting into practice these days. I live it and this is the fruit. Yeah. Wow. So really quick before we close, because um, there's a lot and this is so good. I've been loving every second of this. This is so good. Uh, but I've heard from differing opinions when people are like, okay, if you're going to cleanse your house or someone, you know, say you witness to a witch and she wants to renounce all this stuff and she get rid of her spell books and all of that. I've heard some people say you can throw it away. I've heard some people say, no, you need to burn it. And here's why. What is your, uh, what's your take on that? Burn, throw away. Does it matter? In, in With what? With which So problem? like if someone has like spell books and, and things like mm-hmm. that, you know, like uh, things that they used for witchcraft. Um, I've heard some people say, no, just throw it away. I've heard some people say, no, you need to burn it. Uh, think- burn the books. Yeah, I think the issue with just throwing it away is that someone else might find it, right? Oh, yeah, but I yeah. also believe also like burn. What I normally also do, like, for example, when there's people that they actually have like, they find, there's people that find, have the in-laws or something doing witchcraft and they bring the witchcraft in their house and they hide it. I tell them, don't touch it, just wear black cloths and a black beanbag and put everything in it and just throw it or burn it. But if they can burn it, I will burn everything. I don't want anything. And this is in the Bible too, that they will burn in all the idols. And the, I, I just I just, I, I just say, just burn it. And also, yeah. if someone finds it, then what? Yeah, that's true. That's really good. Good point. Great point. All right, Julie. Well, um, this was fantastic. I know people were absolutely loving it. Uh, but I would love for you to actually just pray for people. I know there's a lot of people that have a hunger to really... Uh, hold on to what you've been sharing. It's really been resonating with people. And so I just love for you to pray for them before we close this out. 
Is that sorry? Is there anything in particular that you want me to pray for? No, I mean just um, it, one thing that I was thinking about or feeling was just that I know that there's there are people that really are taking what you're saying to heart in terms of um, you know being mindful of what we say. Uh, especially to our kids, all of that stuff. So, I mean, you can pray however you want. I just be led by the spirit. But I was just thinking about that, um, that, you know, there's a lot of people that really want to take what you're saying and take it to heart and actually apply it in their lives. So. So father, I just give you thanks father for all of these people, Lord father. I just give you thanks for each one of them. And thank you, Lord, for using me as an instrument father to speak life and to speak true father into their lives. And Father, I just declare in Jesus' name, Father, that every veil that is stopping them from seeing the truth, Father, we just remove those veils in the name of Jesus. We just declare, Father, freedom in this place. Father, even deliverance in this place. Father, as you are showing them the things that they need to repent, the things that they need to renounce, even if there's, I see even some of you in here, how the Lord after this is going to guide you to remove some objects from your house. So Holy Spirit, as you are guiding them to remove those objects, to break those covenants, Father, I just declare that the power of God is going to manifest in the in their lives. Father, that those chains that have been holding them back are going to start, Father, to break in the name of Jesus. So I just declare, Father, right now, a revival, Father, is starting in their hearts. Revival, Father, is starting in their house, in their children, in their marriages. Father, I just give you thanks for what you are doing. And I just, Father, come against every spirit of depression, anxiety, suicide, Father, even witchcraft. And we just command them to live now to the abyss without return in Jesus' name. And Father, thank you for the new that you are bringing. Father, for, for the new uh, release of the prophetic, Father, that you are releasing at this time of, on earth. So I just give you thanks, Father, for opening our eyes for opening the eyes of our understanding and allowing us to experience and to see your glory. Father, we want this not as an experience, Lord, yes. but we want this as a life, as a, as, a, as a daily thing, Father, your glory and your presence and your power. So, Father, thank mm. you. I just release that over each one of them and even in their household, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, Julie, um, this was amazing. I just, I, so, so great. Um, how can people follow you? Where, where are you on social media? All that stuff. So I'm on, I'm on Instagram. That's the platform that I use the most. Instagram. I am as Juji. I mean, <laughs> that's the Instagram that I had before, but I haven't changed it. I'm here. So it's Y-U-Y-I underscore two, three. That's my nickname on Instagram. And you can follow me there. I have also YouTube julie lopez facebook julie lopez here we have the website julie lopez and you can also uh, follow me uh, on rig latam that that's where we are training people we are also we are not only doing things in spanish but we have started doing prayer every two weeks on tuesday so it's not this tuesday next tuesday okay. and we just had a time of prayer of prophecy of healing of deliverance so we are doing that and we are also going to be starting um, doing teaching. So that's where you can find Rick Latam, so, social media, and then my own platform. Awesome. Yeah. I think when I started following you on Instagram, you had like, I think it was like a thousand something. Like there's a lot people, a lot of people are following you now. Like that's pretty it's cool. Correct. In one year, I saw yeah. like literally the breakthrough, like 
people yeah. are literally hungry for mm -hmm. for knowing the truth for knowing how these things work and to to learn more about the voice of god and the prophetic and the spiritual realm and how these things work so i'm just like lord i'm, I'm i am a vessel uh, uh -huh. just use me the way that you want come to on me. come on amen yeah so everybody go follow her on instagram facebook subscribe to her on uh oh yeah and they also you can follow riglatam uh at riglatam uh on instagram as well you uh, there's that there as well so julie thank you so much this is amazing so great thank you thank yeah. you Jeff. god yeah. bless you yeah so everybody that's our show have a blessed monday tune in tomorrow we've got jesse greenback there's an amazing outpouring in pasadena california happening right now revival all that great stuff and she's been like there so she's going to be reporting on that i can't wait to hear about it god is doing so many cool things right now so that'll be tomorrow at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time uh god bless you guys and we will see you tomorrow 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time with jesse green all right bye this has been elijah fire thanks for listening for more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.